Hello and welcome to Talking About My Generation, a pop culture podcast dedicated to children of the 80s, 90s, and even into the 21st century. If you're new to the show, welcome. On this podcast, we'll discuss movies, video games, and television shows that we grew up on. Uh, this week, we are going to jump back in time. Well, sort of back in time here. We're going to jump back to 1985, and then we're going to go forward into the future a little bit here uh, to capture the remake. We're going to be talking about the Rankin-Bass production of Thundercats. Uh, I love this show. I it was It was really pretty good. It was originally put out... Uh, the original here was put out by a uh, animation company uh, that their artists basically went on later to go to Studio Ghibli, which did uh, things like Ponyo and Howl's Moving Castle and so forth. Uh, excellent, excellent series. Uh, I, I, I loved it. Loved it, loved it, loved it. I mean, you know, even as a kid growing up when I started out and seeing some of the characters coming in, uh, the the story, the whole story arc from the very beginning for us to lead in, which was that nice, I want to say, like, was it a five-parter, Mike? Mm-hmm. Oh, no. Thundercats, I don't think. Um, trying to see here what they did here. Um, no, Thundercats didn't have an opening. It had a two-parter. It didn't have a five-parter. Okay. It that- had... Um, it had Exodus and the Unholy Alliance, which was its build as the pilot. Um, and then we went to uh, Burbles, the Slaves of Castle Plundar, Plumra, the Terror of Hammerhand. Um, it wasn't really, if I remember correctly, it wasn't... Uh, it j- yeah, this is one of the only shows that doesn't have a five-part pilot like Voltron did, like... Well, Transformers had a three-part pilot. Jim had a five-part pilot. Um, yeah, it wasn't like that. It was still a really good one. I mean, I oh, was... absolutely. You know, I love the fact when they start off from the series here that they're, at least in the 85 version, mm-hmm. they're traveling back and forth in time to go from... Well, uh, not in time. They're traveling through space to get to Third Earth, which is the new planet that they're starting out on. Mm-hmm. Uh that to me was just was like okay and it kind of was in my mind i'm going okay is this supposed to be earth like our earth or is this supposed to be in another galaxy earth the fact that it was the third planet away from the sun i'm kind of like well that sounds like us (laughs) it's supposed to be our earth yes so i always thought that was really cool i was like you know that that just sounds really neat and to see all the stuff that's, that's happened there on the planet where you're seeing the mutants and whatnot, you know. Uh, what, what what were your thoughts on this series here? I mean, I loved it. I thought it was great. The voice acting, the animation. I'm probably one of the only people in the world that doesn't mind Lynn Lipton as the voice of Chitara. Because um, I know everybody else is like, oh, she, she sucks and blah, 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 blah. Um... I thought her voice lent itself to the character and to the the overall mesh of all the different characters because you had so many different characters here. You had uh, Larry Kenny as Lionel. You had, um, yeah, I know you probably have this in your trivia notes, but I'm going to go ahead and spoil it for you anyway because I I always have to bring this up. You got Panthro, who is also 
Grandpa Huxtable from the Cosby <laughs> Show. <laughs> yep, yep. Um, uh, Earl Hyman, uh, and uh, you know, having him as Panther, like I, I, and I watched the Thundercats and Cosby like it was no, like you know, it's what you did in the eighties, and I still, uh, until I finally found that out later in life, I had no idea as a kid that they were the same, same voice, same person. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, it, it took me a while before I finally realized, like, James Avery was Shredder. So, <laughs> you know, I mean, these sort of things, it, it happens. You just, you're like, whoa, and it blows your mind. <laughs> yep, pretty much. Um, but no, I, I love the animation. Now, people say this and Voltron are the first Western animes. As far as, like, I know Voltron's based on Golion, and Golion was an anime. Um, I'm not sure off the top of my head what Thundercats was based off of, um, or if it was something that they're, something that they're, 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 like, Rankin Bass just came up with. I don't think, I'm looking at the Wikipedia here, it doesn't say anything that it was, um, that it was based off of anything. So I think this was, I think I remember on the original DVD sets that came out a number of years ago that they said this was kind of the fir very first Western anime feel. And the funny thing is when I think of anime, I think of, you know, like Ghost in the Shell or, yeah. um, you know, that, like the, the whole point of anime is that it's, it or Japanime, it's, it's animation done by Japanese artists and, whatever else and it's that 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 eastern style and this to me is not eastern at all <laughs> no but i mean it, it definitely captures a lot of the a lot of what we see now as being your your standard typical japanese animation style mm -hmm. uh and if you like you said if you compare it to ghost in the shell if you compare it to something like cowboy bebop or mm -hmm. or you know even to some extent if you compare it to um, Dragon Ball Z or something like that, you'll see some of the same design elements, but it's not, it's not quite the same. It's, I don't know. I, I want to say it's better in a lot of ways. <laughs> mm -hmm. I, I know, I know I'm pushing it with that, but. <laughs> well, like, I'm not a fan of that style at all. Uh, I, okay. It, I, I, sh I shouldn't say that. I'm not a fan of the, I'm not an anime fan, not because of the style or of animation. It's mostly because half the animes that everyone tells me about are not in English. It is work for me to sit here. Like, I view that as a job for me to sit here and try to read what the hell they're saying when they can't just speak in freaking English. True. You know, that's my only gripe about anime. I respect what it's done for, for the industry, for, for cartoons in general. But if it's not in English, I will never watch it. Yeah, I mean, there, there's some that I've seen that are, that are like, okay, you kind of want to watch it in Japanese and read the subtitles just because the American voices are so friggin' annoying. They sound Western, like, I mean, like, Old West Western type sounds. <laughs> so it's it's not too bad in that respect. Uh, but, you know, I, I understand why people say watch it in Japanese and read the subtitles just because of that, so... Uh, 
let's go ahead here. I, I want to kind of jump into before we really start talking more about the plot and whatnot. Let's talk mm-hmm. about the cast of the, of the 87 series. Uh, 85. Or, yeah. yeah, excuse me, 85, not 87. <laughs> I think it ran through 87. <laughs> ran through 89, actually. Really? How did I miss that in my notes? <laughs> um, it says uh, the 1988 season for season three began with Peter Lawrence scripted Thunder Cubs. Uh, 1989 season, the opening miniseries, Peter Lawrence's Return to Thundera. So yeah, it ran through yeah, from 85 to 89. Okay. I will take your word for that. <laughs> uh, let's. I think. I think the problem is the DVDs. The original DVDs um, have it listed as, um, like season one, volume one, season one, volume two, and then and so on and so forth. But I think they have up to three and four. So, um, but go ahead and talk about the cast. Okay. Uh, first one we have. Obviously, the main character, you've you've done an interview with him several times. Uh, yes. Larry Kenny, who plays as Lion-O. Uh, yeah. I, you know, it was, when I first heard his voice, I was kind of like, wow, he sounds very much like a, like a superhero type thing. Very, very bold and very out there. Mm-hmm. And and I loved it, and I was kind of like, wow. And then to hear when you did the interview with him that it was like that was almost his regular normal talking voice. I was kind of like, wow, that's kind of cool. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I was always fascinated to see stuff like that when when you find out that these guys are actually able to use their regular voices. So yeah, yeah, Larry, um, his beginnings. If you go back and listen to those the, the, that, that first interview I did. His beginnings were on the Don Imus radio show. So he was he was a radio guy and, uh, you know, doing commercials and then getting into animation. The craziest thing is he's also the voice of VH1's best week ever. Oh, my <laughs> it's, God. It's so creepy. I love it. I really do. I don't watch best week ever a lot. I, you know. Not that I don't want to support Larry, but it's, you know, it's one of those things where I usually end up forgetting about it, even though I know it's every Friday night at 10 o'clock. But if you listen to that or if you look at YouTube clips of of, of that show, it's him doing <laughs> the announcer for VH1 Best Week ever. Um, he also, uh, I'm trying to think what was the other thing. Um, VH1 Best Week ever. He is Sonny the Cocoa Puff Bird. Yep. Uh, I believe at one point he was also Ch- Count Chocula, I think. I could be wrong about that one. Um, but no, Larry, I mean, he's a wonderful guy to talk to. Uh, you know, you we always hear stuff about people typecasting or people getting typecasted in certain roles. This is a role that, well, people may say he's typecast and he... You know, while, while people may not know a lot of stuff he's done since then, um, he fully embraces. I, you know, every time I've seen anyone call him Lord Lionel or whatever you want to, you know, whatever you want to say, or as of the 2011 series, King Claudus, yeah. he, he fully embraces it. I mean, he really does. He, he He's one of those actors that. I'm sure he wanted to do and break out for other stuff, but he's very appreciative of the um 
of the fan base of, you know, all, all of us that grew up with him as, as children, you know, watching him, listening to his voice. Uh, I believe in that first interview is the story about him in the toy store. <laughs> oh, yes. I believe that's in the, ver- <laughs> in, 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 in the first interview. So I'll have to send you that link or you can grab it off, off of Facebook and put it in the, in the, phone yeah, because, because that first interview, it's his story about him being in a toy store, looking at the Thundercats toys. And I guess it's, he, he tells it better than I do. Oh um, yeah. That, that, that I, I will have to insert that probably right around here. Um, I've read some stories, I don't know if they're true or not, about an experience you had back in the 80s with some kids that you ran into uh, at a Toys R Us action figure aisle. Do you, yeah, yeah. Do you mind uh, retelling that story? Oh, it was very funny. It was when, it was when yeah, it was, it was probably in about 87 or 88. Another cat's around the year in 85, although we started recording in 83. Right. <laughs> so maybe it was about 80, maybe 85 or 86. When uh, I knew that Thundercats, the, the, the cartoon show, Apparently had become a huge hit because I took my daughter, Carrie, uh, who was only, let's see, she was only 14 or 15 then. We went to Toys R Us for some reason, and we get down to this, there's three aisles, two-sided aisles, of nothing but Thundercats. Wow. Collectibles and material, memorabilia. Well, it wasn't memorabilia, <laughs> you know, action toys and things. Right. That's when I realized, holy cow, I better make sure I got a piece of this thing. <laughs> mm. <laughs> but anyway... We're walking down one aisle, and there's two boys, maybe, I don't know, 10 and 12, 8 and 12. I don't know how old they were. As we walked by, I could hear one of them say something. One kid said, uh, I want to get um, Pantro. He's my favorite. Another kid said, oh, I like Mumra. He's the bad guy. So this was fun. <laughs> I looked at him. I said, why don't you get Lionel? You know, he's the lord of the Thundercats. Hello. <laughs> and they looked at me like I was crazy. And I walked away. <laughs> As we were walking away, I heard one of the kids say to the other one, he doesn't even sound like a lion, though. <laughs> <laughs> I looked at my daughter, I said, if that little fart only knew, he'd grab his pants. <laughs> so I, thought it was very, I thought it was funny. He doesn't even sound like a lion. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, that was amazing. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> uh but yeah, no, I I thought he was great. He's you know as you mentioned, he did come back to do Claudus, uh, Lino's son in the 2011 series, which we'll we'll touch on that a little bit when no, we get to that Lino's cast. Father, or uh, uh, sorry, God, I can't believe I said that. <laughs> yes, Lino's father. <laughs> <laughs> gonna say, wait a second here, Lino's son. That's a whole other yeah whole other uh, bag of worms. And then, of course, he he uh, basically did something very similar for the voices for Silverhawks, uh, where he was bluegrass. He was bluegrass. It was it was Lionel, but it was as if Lionel was a cowboy. Yeah, space cowboy. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, that's that's a whole other series which we'll we'll cover at some point, I'm sure. Yeah, you, yeah. You'll you'll have to get uh, Optimus Solo from GCRN on here for that one because I um. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, we 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 know, we know. Yeah, for those listeners who don't know about this, Mike like despises Silverhawks. So I don't despise it. I just I despise certain aspects of it like um it by far is the worst 80s cartoon series for uh, messages, I think, because of Oh yeah. Copper Kid and doing math and and Yeah, the the, the PSAs are pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were. Uh, 
And that's something here. I don't remember if, if uh, Thunderhawk or God, here we go. Thank you, Rankin Bass. <laughs> Thunderhawks and Silvercats. Exactly. Yes. That actually <laughs> happened in GCR and Wars. <laughs> um, uh, you don't think what? I don't think that uh, Thundercats had PSAs in it, did they? No, they didn't. Okay. Okay. No. That trying to remember. I'm like, wait, wait. <laughs> Uh, so moving on down the cast list, uh, we have Earl Hyman, uh, Earl, as you mentioned, you know, grandpa Huxtable, mm-hmm. uh, Earl played as Panthro, uh, red eye and the ancient spirits of evil in this series. Yep. Uh, trying to think of what else he, he did. I mean, he's got a lot under his belt as well. Um, Let me see. yeah, he's got a bunch of stuff. Um, like we said, Grandpa Huxtable, his first thing was The Lost Weekend in 1945, but he was uncredited. Um, let's see, he was in the possession of Joel Delaney in 75. Uh, let's see, further, um... He was on All My Children for a bunch of unknown episodes. Uh, he was on a different world as Russell Huxtable. Um, he was on the edge of night, uh, in 84. Um, he played Macbeth once in 68. Yep. Uh, geez. I mean, he actually does have a decent, mm-hmm. decent filmography here. Uh, I, you know, I, I I think he was great as Panthro because just some of the stuff that he said, I I always like, you know, you hear this dark voice and and you're kind of like, wow, and when you compare him to you know the new Panthro uh, who's done by Kevin Michael Richardson, <laughs> Kevin Michael Richardson does an excellent job of it and he pays a great homage to this, but it's not the same actor and. I, I like that split. I, I really do. It, it's seeing, you know, hearing, hearing Earl, Ham, Earl Hyman do this. Uh, mm. I think he was perfect for it. Couldn't, couldn't have been anybody else. I don't think. Oh no, not at the time. Absolutely not. Um, and it, it was just such a good, uh, such a great, great voice. And, and I think, you know, in 2011 with, with Kevin Michael Richardson, I think that was a good choice for for that Panthro. And he could, because he meshed so well with the rest of the cast members. Um, but, uh, you know, Hyman as as Panthro was just simply amazing. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's he's always going to be, just like Kevin Conroy's always Batman, he's always going to be Panthro to me. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong, other people have done it, but it's not quite the same. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, moving down the list here, because this is where it gets a little conf- confusing for me as well, is that we have Earl Hyman doing Panthro. We also have Earl Hammond doing uh, Yaga, Mumra, Vulture Man, and Amok. It's actually Jaga, but go ahead. Jaga. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. <laughs> It's I, I watched the series, but I did not watch I, I did not watch anything before this episode, mm-hmm. so didn't get a chance to really pick up on some of this. Uh, um, the 
the, the great thing with Earl Hammond is he is Mumra in this, and he's Monstar. He's the two villains of both series. <laughs> yes. He's Monstar in, in, in Silverhawks. And basically the exact same voice. Uh, you know, I mean... It's a little different in Silverhawks. Yeah. Um, Mumra's a little... Mumra in mummy form is a little bit more reserved. Uh, when, when he goes, you know... When he hulks out, um, he's a little bit, he, you know, he adds a little bit more to it. Uh, but he was also Vulture Man. And that, 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 you know, going from Mumra to Vulture Man, that, that just appalls me that it's the same guy. Not, not in a bad way, but um, it's yeah. just absolutely awesome. You, you get a chance to hear that, that he's got this range that he can go between the two, mm-hmm. which was fantastic, I thought. Yeah. Uh, Earl Hammond, uh, unfortunately, he's no longer with us, having passed away in 2002. Uh, but Earl Hammond had, he had a great filmography as well. I mean, he he did Thundercats, he did Silverhawks, uh, Adventures of the Galaxy Rangers, Star Blazers, a lot of Rankin-Bass stuff here. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, let me see... He got his start in 1950 with Craft Theater and went on to do Rocky King Detective for two years and uh, 77 Sunset Strip. He made an appearance. Oh, God. He was additional voices in the Ultraman TV series. (laughs) Uh, There's a throwback. Doesn't surprise me, honestly. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, he had, he had quite a bit here, it looks like. I mean, you know, as we mentioned, Thundercats, Silverhawks, uh, he did voices on the comic strip, which was another Rankin-Bass series. Uh, really just, I, I, I liked, I liked how they put him in and, and his voice, just that very throaty, harsh sound as we hear it. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Uh, so moving down the list here, Peter Newman. Uh, Peter Newman was the voice of Tigra, Wily Cat, Bengali, Munkian. You know, I, I liked him. I really did. But some of the characters that they cast him for were just annoying as fuck. <laughs> I, li- I liked Munkian. I thought Munkian was great. <laughs> See, I mean, I, I liked Munkian, but it was kind of like, God, you're annoying. <laughs> and I mean, that's, that's the main thing with him is just that, uh, Tigro, I, I really liked Wily Cat, you know, being that he was kind of the sneaky little Devil. you know, devilish, yeah, you know, bouncing around that. I like that. Uh, looking here, Peter Newman has, he's actually got quite a bit under his belt as well. Uh, you know, he actually got his start here with Thundercats. Uh, went on to do Silverhawks as well. Basically the entire cast for this. It was ripped and put straight into Silver Hawks. The only one who didn't make it over was Lynn Lipton, but we'll talk about that in a few minutes. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, he's Peter Newman had, uh, let's see, he, Thundercats, he was uh, the Duke of Zill in Felix the Cat the movie. Uh, he showed up as the voice of Mako in the Tiger Sharks TV series. Uh he was on Fillmore as the patrol sheriff. Uh, he 
okay, this is interesting. He was the narrator for uh, the TV series Extreme Makeover. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> so you get to hear his voice for that. And then for anybody who watches Archer right now, he is Major Nikolai Jackoff. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, he's he's definitely getting around here, Mr. Newman is. Uh, still acting, and we can hear it. So I'm glad for that. Uh, let me see. Next one we have here is I'm moving down the list. We have Lynn Lipton, who... <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I, I... I'm kind of the same way that Optimus Solo is with, with this, is that... <laughs> I didn't really care for her as Chitara. I love the artwork as Chitara. Didn't mm. really care much for the voice. <laughs> uh, just, I don't know. She just kind of annoyed me. You know, it was, it was hot to see her run around, but it was like, really, the voice is just grating. <laughs> uh, but Lynn Lipton, she's done, she's done a decent amount of stuff as well. As we mentioned here, she did not make it over into the Silverhawks, probably because she pissed somebody off. I'm not exactly certain as to why. <laughs> Maybe somebody else realized her voice is grating. <laughs> uh, but yeah, she was. She got her start in a 1967 series or uh, movie called Teenage Mother. Uh, she was the voice of Ember in My Little Pony in TV the movie. Original TV movie in '84. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, see, she was, oh, wow, she was a voice, like a background voice, apparently, for Santa Baby with, um, oh, God, what what's that stupid blonde's name who loves? Jenny McCarthy. Thank you. She's actually, I believe, she's either dating or engaged to be married to Donnie Wahlberg of New Kids on the Block. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Jenny McCarthy uh, is not Lynn Lipton. <laughs> yes. Just to clarify. <laughs> yes. Uh, but yeah, Lynn Lipton has, she did come back in the, uh, she did come back to, to voice Chitara again in 2005 with uh, Family Guy. Uh, they did a little short thing with her. Uh, I, think in the, they, I think they. I think most of them that are that, that are still alive came back to do that because I know, I know Larry did that. Yeah. So I mean, they're 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 still bouncing around, but she's not. She really isn't that big of an actress here anymore. No, it seems. Not anymore. <laughs> Thundercats was her her big claim to fame, I guess. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Uh, so moving down the list here from Lynn Lipton, we have uh, <laughs> now, I, you know, Bob McFadden. <laughs> <laughs> Here's my thing. I, I I like Bob McFadden as a person. Uh-huh hated the voice of schnarf <laughs> schnarf 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 you know just oh god that was grating that's one of the best things about the short-lived 2011 series they didn't make him talk they just made yes him have cat noises <laughs> yes and, and i thought that was like uh, when i heard that i'm like oh my god he doesn't talk thank you <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, you know, he, he has actually had quite a bit, uh, before he passed away in 2000, uh, Bob McFadden had actually a huge list of stuff that he did. 
Uh, you know, he got his start on a voice uh, as the voice of Luno on the Missing Genie back in '63. Uh, These are all shorts. Everything oh yeah, from '63 to looks like '65 uh, here. Yeah, everything from '63 to '65 were all shorts, and then he was on. You say Shabla in '85 or '65, I should say. Um, Lioness the Lionhearted. What the? Is I, that supposed to be Lioness, like Peanuts Lioness? I have I no idea. Think so I'm scared to even click on this link. Oh, he's a kind-hearted king of a jungle, populated by such bizarre characters. As the crabby Sasha Gross. Okay, no, it has nothing to do with peanuts. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Yeah, uh, Milton, he is best remembered for things like Milton the Monster uh, back in 65, 66. I never saw it, so, but then again, that was before my time, so. Uh, let me see, what else did he do here? He was, wow, he did a TV movie with Danny Kaye for The Emperor's New Clothes. Hmm. Uh, oh my god, I forgot about this. Uh, he was Sir Orin Neville Smythe from Flight of Dragons. <laughs> I, you know, that was one of the few Rankin Bass TV movies that they did, which I really liked. Uh, mm -hmm. you know, and the fact that it was based on the books Dragon Knight, you know, that's something we'll have to cover later, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, but he did show up as he also showed up, as we mentioned before, on Silverhawks, Commander Stargazer, Steel Will. Hardware on there. Uh, and then last thing, wow, last thing that he did was Thunderha uh, Thundercats. Yep. God, here I go again. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, and he played as Snarf, Slythe, Linkso. Uh, let me see, who else am I forgetting? I think that's it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, but I mean, you know, he was he was great. I liked him. I really did. Uh, I just hated him as Snarf. <laughs> well, Snarf, the, the character of Snarf, he was meant to be the nursemaid. He was meant to be that annoying character. And everybody's going to hate on him because of that. But, I mean, overall, he did have... What, what made Snarf so great was um, the, uh, the interaction between him and Lionel. And yeah, Lionel usually is always able to calm him, calm him down. That was what's so great about Snarf. Snarf on his own, yeah, you want to fast forward those scenes now. Yeah, he was the T Bob of uh, of Thundercats. Oh no 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 no! He's not <laughs> as bad as T Bob. Nothing is as bad as T Bob from Mask. Absolutely yes. nothing. <laughs> Hell, um, um, uh, Chip Chase. And uh, and Daniel Witwicky uh, from Transformers are better than T Bob. Oh, okay, yeah. okay, <laughs> I'll give you that. Grimlock in an apron is better than T Bob. Oh, okay, I'll, I'll I'll give you that. <laughs> oh, I hate that character. Oh my god. Um, <sighs> yeah, yeah, I, I, and. Now, the, here's some other characters who I don't really remember them too much. Partly, it was like when I was watching this, because 
I, the only scenes that I remember from this was back when I was a kid. And I remember the early stuff. I watched this day in and day out. And for some reason, the syndicated channels that I was watching Thundercats on, they stopped carrying Thundercats after, you know, pretty much after they did the first run of season one. So I never really got a chance to see, you know, I, I think they carried like a little bit of season two and season three, you know, here and there. But they didn't. I never saw all of those series, and it, so unfortunately, I don't remember uh, characters like Pumira or uh, Jagarab, anything like that. Uh, I remember them supposedly coming in to the planet Earth and becoming Thundercats, and you know that was it. But yeah. other than that, I'm like, I don't remember who these characters are. Uh, Bengali, uh, Pumira, and Linkso were the three Thundercats that they tell a story of how they snuck aboard the ship but fell out as it crashed to Earth. So they snuck aboard the royal ship as the planet Thundera was was going to explode. So they were on Lion-O and Jaga, and they, they were on the flagship. But I guess during the crash to Earth, after the mutants uh, had their fight there, um, they were lost for a while and they came back. Uh, Bob McFadden was um, Sly. He was also Slythe, lead mutant Slythe. Okay. The reptile. Yes, the green, yes. The green dude. Oh, God. Yes. 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 Uh, so let's compare here because... Now we have, we, we've kind of covered most of the main characters here for the 87 series. Mm-hmm. And let's compare a little bit here for who we have for the 2011 series. Uh, uh, the 2011 series. Oh, I guess I can run this down. Uh, for Thundercats, <laughs> you have, oh my God. Batman Beyond. <laughs> you have, you have, um, I don't know, before you even go there. You've got Lionel uh, in the 2011 series, voiced by Eric Matthews, <laughs> Will Friedel, Eric Matthews, uh, also voiced uh, Terry McGinnis, Batman Beyond. Uh, he is also the voice of Ron Stoppable in the Disney show Kim Possible. <laughs> um, uh, it was nice seeing him pop up. I, I was really curious who they were going to get to do Lionel for the series, and other than him having the catchphrase of whiskers all the time. I yeah. Did, I didn't mind his voice for Lionel at all. Absolutely. I really did dig it. Um, you have Matthew Mercer as Tigra. Now I had not heard of him before. Um, he has done stuff like, uh, uh, he's done a lot of anime stuff. Um, uh, he was uh, Joseph, Ice Pick Joe, and Beware the Batman. Um, he was uh, a, re- a Resident Evil Damnation uh, as Leon. Uh, he was in Naruto. He was additional voices in Monsters University. He was Tony Stark Iron Man in Rise of the Technovore. Um He's done a bunch of, I mean, pretty much where this guy has been is video games. Uh, Blade and Soul, uh, Ace Combat Games, uh, Deadpool, Dead or Alive 5, uh, Dynasty Warriors 7 and 8. So, I mean, that that's really where he came from. Uh, 
No, dog, you can't bite the cat. Um, <laughs> next up is Chitara by Emmanuel Chikri. I don't know how to Chikri, pronounce it. Chikri, I think it is. Yeah, yeah something like that. Something like that. She actually started in around 95. Um, I think Detroit Rock City is the first thing in 99 that I've ever heard of that she's done. Um, she, oh my God, I now I know where I remember her from. Not, well, obviously I didn't, I didn't see her voice, but, um, now that I'm looking at her filmography, I've seen this chick before in a movie. It was probably a movie I should never say that I've seen, but, um, the NSYNC movie on the line in 2001. <laughs> it, it, and I'm looking here because it's saying that she was in You Don't Mess With the Zohan. And I'm looking at her. I'm wondering if it's the. Yeah, it, it's the. It's uh, yes. God, she was hot. <laughs> yes, she was. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, so most recently, as of last year, she's been in. Um, uh, a Short History of Decay, Fort Bliss, coming up this year, uh, is Situation Amorous. Uh, looks like it's some sort of French project. Um, uh, she was also in the very first Wrong Turn movie. Um, I like her as Chitara. She's a lot more flirtatious than Lynn Lipton was as Chitara. Yeah. Um so there's that. Uh, let's see. Panthro. Uh, dude, we'll be here all day talking about Panthro. Because, <laughs> uh, KMR, Kevin Michael Richardson. If you people don't know who Kevin Michael Richardson is, just go look. Because seriously, this guy has been in everything. Yes. As much as I love the guy, he and I have nothing bad to say about him. He His career started in 93 with Fatal Instinct. Uh, some other, he was in Spy Hard as Michael Winslow, security guard, uncredited. All Dogs Go to Heaven 2. Uh, he was the paraplegic player in Basketball in 98. Uh, he was in Rugrats in Paris. He was in Powerpuff Girls the movie. He was in Lilo and Stitch as Captain Gantu. Uh, Lilo and Stitch the series, not the movies, because the movies yeah. it's um, um, it's Ving Rhames. Uh, let's see, he was in Hoodwinked as uh, some character. He was a police officer in Clerks Two. He was uh, let me see here the television credits. Oh my God, so many things. Um, I, I I've got to put in mine that I I know him from. Will you wipe me, Daddy? <laughs> oh God, no! That, I gotta say, as much as I love KMR, that's probably the one show I don't think I've ever seen is Cleveland. Yeah, <laughs> I just can't. It's not my thing. Um, he was in uh, Batman: Gotham Knight as Lucius Fox and a number of other characters. Uh, he was in Open Season Two, uh, Scooby Doo and the Samurai Sword. Um, he was in All-Star Superman as Steve Lombard. He was in Planet Hulk as Korg. Uh, he actually, his, his, his television animation credits are really where it's at. Yeah. Um, he was Jabba the Hutt, Star Wars, The Clone Wars, 2010. He was Man-Ape and, and Gassy in Avengers Earth, Earth's Mightiest Heroes. He 
is well, there's a lot of damn credits here. I, I'm waiting um, for you to get to the big one. Uh, <laughs> he was um, uh, he was Roadblock and Road Pig and additional voices in Judge and Renegades. He was Martian Manhunter, Doctor Fate, and my Duncan and Young Justice. He was Bulkhead, Makeshift, and Nemesis in Transformers Prime. Uh, obviously, Panthro in this. He was Kilowog in Green Lantern in the animated series. He is the Shredder in the current Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles series. That is probably the best thing I've heard him do yet. Uh, he, God, he's so dark, and he fits perfectly for the Shredder. Mm-hmm. In the Ultimate Spider-Man series that's currently running, he is Juggernaut, Awesome Android, Howard the Duck, Mac Porter, Bulldozer, and Frankenstein's Monster. Uh, coming up, uh, 2014 to present, he is um, he is several characters in Sheriff Callie's Wild West. Uh, in video games, we can't even. It's too long, people. It really is. Yeah. He was he was Crunch Bandicoot in Crash Bandicoot Wrath of Cortex back in two thousand one. Oh God! <laughs> he um he's a bunch of he's been in a bunch of Star Wars video games. Um, more most recently, uh, between twenty eleven and now, he was in his uh, various voices in Star Wars: The Republic. He was Thump Smash in Skylanders: Spyro's Adventure. He voiced Bulkhead again in Transformers Universe in 2012. Um, uh, 2014, he's going to be in the Elder Scrolls Online. Um, but, I mean, KMR, absolutely fantastic guy. There's voices that I've... Uh, there's things that I know he's in that I just like... I, I think it was X-Men Evolution. He was he was the voice of Bishop, and I'm like, hey, he's he's everywhere. I think... One of the best things, and I think I'll have to send you this clip. He he does a, a narrator clip for Clerks the Animated Series, uh. and it's it's something like um, I'll just have to send it to you. You'll, you'll have to put it at the beginning of the episode because it's it's just so awesome. <laughs> it just really is. Uh, but him as Panthro, I think it really worked. I think Panthro really got a raw deal in the 2011 series, considering he got his arms chopped off. Yeah. Um, so that's um not exactly uh, uh that great. Um Of course he he still had one of the best lines I heard in the series when he when he starts mentioning the Samoflange. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I was just like and he kind of like makes this reference to it and I'm like, "Oh my god, they put it in. They put it in." <laughs> Yeah, that was so awesome. Uh, for the villains, you have Robin Atkin Downs as Mumra. Uh, I'm sorry, Earl Hammond was much better. It yeah. It doesn't... Nothing against Robin Atkin Downs, but he just doesn't sound like any version of... like He doesn't sound like what Mumra should sound like. Um, yeah. You got Lex Luthor as Groon. You got Clancy Brown as the voice of Groon, the Destroyer. <laughs> yes. <laughs> You've got um, uh, Perry the Platypus as Slythe. You get D. Bradley Baker as Slythe. <laughs> and that dude, I met him once. Uh, in fact, last year at Comic Con, he is a short dude. I did not he realize is, how yeah. small he is, but the guy can make some 
awesomely incredible noises from his face. Oh, yes, he can. Um, for some other characters, you've got uh, Jaga is also in this. He is voiced by uh, Spike Witwicky, a.k.a. Shockwave himself from G1, Corey Burton. Uh, you've got King Claudus, who is voiced by Larry Kenny. I thought that was a nice homage to throw him in there. <laughs> absolutely fantastic. Um, oh, and yeah, we'll, uh, go we've got to mention here, Pammy Adlon. Yeah. The, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> she has got a mouth on her. <laughs> yes, she does. Uh, yeah, I, I just, I loved this series. I, I am so pissed off at Cartoon Network for killing this. They, they really should have let this go on. It, it needed, it was just starting to get its legs when they killed it. What we ought to do is one of these, one of these weeks, we ought to do an episode just dedicated to talking about the rise and fall or the birth and death of Cartoon Network and how they screw. They've effectively screwed over every single superhero cartoon that they've ever had on their network. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. Um, you know, I would love, oh God, I don't know if I could hold my rage back at a Cartoon Network executive. I mean, I know that's not professional in, 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 in an interview to show that you're really, really upset about something. But if I ever get the chance to talk to some of the people at Cartoon Network, I would just ask them why. Um, but uh, we'll have to talk about that Um at, at like seriously, we, we need to do an episode of like going over the history of Cartoon Network from its inception oh. to to now. That would be amazing. Yeah, I mean, because we'd have so much to talk about, you know. <laughs> oh yeah, we could be here for hours talking about that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the, so I mean, let's move on here. We'll we'll kind of cover the plot a little bit. Be, the plot differences between the '87 version and the '2011 version. Uh, in the '87 version. They actually were leaving it, and I thought that this was kind of nice how they passed it on, is that they originally were fleeing Thundera, and I forget exactly why they were fleeing Thundera. It was like something with... It was, it's Krypton. It's exploding. Okay. It's going to die. It's a dying planet. It's going to blow up if they don't get the hell off and get their, their you know, only son to third Earth where he'll be able to fly around with a giant honking sword. And I'm sorry, I'm making Superman and Lionel references here. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's, it's basically your average Superman story with the fact that the, the general plot is the planet that the beings are from is going to explode and just and be destroyed and everybody needs to get the hell out. Yeah. And it was, I, I thought that, that was kind of nice that they, that they had that. The thing that confused the hell out of me throughout the series is that you see, you see Jaga, who's flying the ship as he's coming, as they're coming through, and then he dies on the way that they're flying the ship in, because everybody else is trapped in suspended animation, and they're not the the. It's done this way so no. that they don't age. Well, they're trapped in suspended animation. Lionel will age because he's a young cub at this point. He will age to somewhat of adulthood. Um, but the reason why Jaga doesn't get in the uh, the suspended animation himself is because he basically pulls a Batman. 
he has to stay there to guide the ship so it doesn't go off course and they actually reach their destination that they're going to. So that's kind of similar to what Batman did uh, in Star-Crossed, uh, Justice League uh, Star-Crossed, where he has to guide the Watchtower down to destroy something, and you know it, it can't be done on, on autopilot or else it won't work properly. So that's, that's kind of what's going on here. Um, but go ahead, sorry. Oh, no, that's fine, that's fine. Uh, it was, you know, it was okay. Uh, I was, I was kind of upset with that, but then they bring him, they keep bringing him back as like this, they, they do the whole Star Wars, you know, yeah, you know, Darth Vader, not Darth Vader, Obi-Wan Kenobi and Luke thing between that. And I was, I was kind of like, you know, it worked and it didn't. And they, they did that again in the 2011 series, but it was kind of that they had, that Mumra had trapped his soul in like, this lantern or something like that. I forget what exactly it was. Uh, and then they were kind of like, he was kind of getting out from there from his, his soul was coming out from the lantern to guide Lionel. And then he ends up becoming part of the book of omens, which mm-hmm. that was another plot twist, which I liked and I didn't. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but you know, I mean, they, they end up landing, they crash land on third earth, which when they get there, I was kind of like, I got the feeling like they were going to this planet. It was supposed to be a new planet and that they were going to be like the only, they're going to be colonists basically showing up there on the planet. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, okay, they get there and all of a sudden they have this huge fight with the mutants that are there. And I'm kind of like, something doesn't strike right with this. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, what, what it is, is, is the mutants of Plundar are, I'm trying to think what, Okay. Think of it in Transformers terms. You've got Megatron in the 86 film who has, he has Cybertron. He is on Cybertron. The Decepticons rule Cybertron. The Autobots are, you know, planning from secret staging grounds on two of Cybertron's moons. So you think about it in that terms of the Thundercats had Thundera. The planet blew up, but their enemies are the mutants of Plundar because... Basically, what Thundercats does is it does exactly what Transformers do does. It takes two factions. They both leave their planet. They both crash land to Earth because the evil guys are following the good guys. So the, Decepticon, the Decepticons are following the Autobots. The mutants are following the Thundercats. So they have always been enemies. We just never saw them battle on Thundera with the mutants. But the, as far as I can tell and as far as I can remember, the mutants were always their enemies. So it's not just the mutants were already on Third Earth. Mumra was already on Third Earth. So yeah. also crash-landed with the Thundercats. And, and the whole Mumra thing was really kind of weird to me as well because, <laughs> you know, here he's got these ancient spirits of evil that are coming out to stop him. And, like... That's the big thing is all of a sudden they land and he's this big villain that I have to have the Thundercats, you know, the sort of omens for my power and whatnot. It's kind of like, okay, you didn't even know that it existed until they landed. Why are you going through with all these ancient spirits of evil that are telling you that you have to have this? Oh, you think that's bad? You should see what the 2011 series did with it. 
they gave him his own, basically his own version of the Sword of Omens. Yeah. <laughs> so Lionel has a sword, and Mumra has a sword, and I I don't know. Yeah. That, and that's something here with the 2011 version, which I was kind of annoyed by in the fact that they have Lionel with, he's wearing that glove, the pan, you know, the, the lion the glove or whatever. Yeah, the, the claw. claw. And he starts using it and it grows armor around him. Yeah. I was... I, well, it's, you know, it's the 21st century and we got to do something other than let it just be a grappling hook or a mirror because that's what it was in the 85 series. It was a grappling hook because the, the knuckles could come out and be a grappling hook or, you know, Lionel would hold it up in front of his face and Mom Rao would see his reflection in it and he would go screeching off. So the 2011 series had to do something different with it. True, true. They they had to make it a little bit better. Uh, you know, it, it it's... I don't know. Just I think that the armor was way too much down the road of <laughs> anime. You know, that, oh, here, we're going to turn him into Robotech. <laughs> Well, see, that's the thing. Originally, there was some other series or some other movie that isn't related to the 2011 series, but that's originally Thundercats, when it was going to come back, was going to be this full-on anime-ish kind of style. I mean, yes, the 2011 series does have a lot of anime elements in it, um, but uh, it just... What was supposed to come before it instead of it, would have been... Uh, I, I remember the fan outcry at the time when we saw certain posters and everything else. And, uh, you know, honestly, the, the 85 series is damn good. They tell great stories. Oh, um, yeah. The, the plots are great. You've got four entire seasons uh, that... Um, you know, you've got stories like Return to Thundera and, you know, oh, hey, the planet didn't explode or, oh, hey, let, let, let's go find new Thunder. I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, Thundercats 85 is basically Superman without Superman. If you watch yeah. all 130 episodes, the basic storylines, the basic plot lines are so similar to Superman's story. It's it's beyond belief. Uh, but it's not a bad it's not in a bad way at all, because each of the characters was unique. Um, honestly, you know, we got a, a, by Kevin, I believe it's, what's his, I believe his last name is sp uh, pronounced Kleisch. Uh, Kevin Kleisch did, was the composer on the 2011 series and La La Land Records did release a soundtrack for the 2011 series. I'm hoping they can get Bernard Hoffer and do a 85 release oh. because the music in 85 Thundercats was amazing yes all of the background music every villain had their own theme every hero had their own theme the friggin thunder tank had a theme song it was so yes. amazing absolutely amazing i mean like what you know you'd hear you'd see lionel you know going sort of omens give me sight beyond sight and you'd see mm -hmm. you'd hear that music and it was just the the twinge there as they as, as they did that you know, when they go into a battle with the mutants or when you'd hear, when you'd see Snarf walking around, it was kind of like they play this goofy little, yeah. you know, yeah, they, they pieced the music together so well for the 80s, for the 85 series. Just, oh, absolutely. I was like, oh, oh, wow. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I mean, I will agree with all of that, how they put it, 
how they put that together. Uh, now I I have to bring up the with with eighty five. There mm-hmm. was in, in this is kind of where I stopped watching it, it was because they fell off after this. Was that mm-hmm. whole five part series that they did at the end of season one, uh, where they had the day one, day two, day three, so forth. The trials of Lionel, yeah, yeah. And I watched that, and, and I thought that that was the end of the series because of how they put it together. And I'm kind of like, oh, okay, they have him battle Mumra, and that's it. And, you know, you you don't really see at the end of that whatever happens other than, okay, it's tying all together. Lionel kind of becomes the, you know, the leader of the Thundercats by showing that he's able to beat them all. And I was kind of like, oh, that sucks. You know, and that's, that's it. That's all that happens. And, and then I saw something about, you know, I saw a little bit with Pumira, and I'm like, where did Pumira come from? And that was it. I saw one episode with that. And. It just confused the hell out of me. <laughs> yeah. Well, here's the thing. The Lino episodes, at least according to Wikipedia. Now, Wikipedia is saying that, uh, let's see here, go up here. Um, the production order and the uh, the original air date order is all in the same. I'm trying to see if the, because Trials of Lino was in the middle of season one. Uh, it's, you know. See, they, they ran it weird then for us out here because it was, I remember seeing that towards the end of season one. Yeah. And I'm that's sure. it. Um, but no, but here's the thing. Season two started with uh, the Mumra Lives multi-parter because by the end of season, um, by the end of season one, we all thought Mumra was, was gone. I'm actually trying to look here and see if there's an actual full list of uh, let's see so um, but no I mean it's just one of those things that uh, it's it's so it's such an awesome series and it's oh, yeah. it's a you know if you watch it via the DVD sets that came out I don't know if they're still um, I don't know if they're still around for a halfway decent price. That's the only problem I would say. I think the, I think the re-releases are still around, but I don't know if the original original uh, stuff is still around. Let me see here. Uh, well, didn't they on the originals that they had the like the five parter of um, uh, Lino's Nightmare that they split that up onto different discs? Um, it might be. But I don't know off the top of my head. Um, I thought I saw that, but I I could be wrong. Uh, Okay, here we go. Uh, See, here's the thing. Even though on television it ran from uh, 85 to 89, uh, the four-disc, four-giant original disc set... um, it says complete seasons one and two, but it, cause it was, again, it was really, really weird how they did this. I, I don't know what's, I don't know why they did this this way, but um, it's, there's season one, volume one, season one, volume two. It, it, it's kind of like the old He-Man sets. Um, now you can get all four of these on 
Amazon for just under 150 bucks, which isn't a bad price at all. Um, you're basically saving 44% if you buy them all four of them at once uh, in the listing that I have here. Um, but I'm pretty sure that these might be out of print nowadays. I don't know if you could get these at like a Best Buy or something like that. Um, but I remember having all four of these sets because actually when we did uh, Tooncast Classic Episode 5, I believe it was the Thundercast episode, um, I actually spent a whole week. I had all four of these sets at the time. I spent <laughs> a whole week, watched all 130 episodes. Oh, my God, your ass must have been numb. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but no, it's, it's absolutely, these DVD sets are absolutely amazing. They really, really are. You know, if I had the money, I probably would sink money into this. I just don't have that 150 <laughs> bucks to spend on that. <laughs> um, now they do have, I believe, let me look and see here on TV shows on DVD.com. Uh, let's see. Lionel release. They did release. Um, they did do re-releases of it. It's not in that same kind of packaging as the originals were. Season one, part one includes from Exodus to uh, from the episode Exodus to the the Doom Gaze. So it's like the first, I think, thirteen episodes or so. Uh, 12 episodes on two discs, that's what it is. Um, I think they released more of it, though. I could have sworn they did. Um, I don't know. Anyway, um, overall, Thundercats, the original series was great. The 2011 series didn't get a chance to really find its feet. I think there were times where it kind of dragged on, and Lionel's little catchphrase of whiskers there kind of got annoying, but... Um, other than that, I mean, I still love the franchise. Oh, yeah. You know, it's it really it, it just fell apart. And unfortunately, yeah, I, I, Cartoon Network execs. Yeah, we're, we're going to have to rip that one to shreds. <laughs> we're we're going to have to go on that. And, you know, maybe in a couple weeks or something, we'll pull an episode on that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but. Yeah, no, I. I. I'm really glad that they did re-release this here because it gave the fans of those, the fans of the series, a chance to share it with their kids. Because I mean, you know, this is 20 years later, basically. You know, it's well, now it's almost or, 30 years or, later. Yeah, it's be the 30th anniversary of Thundercats. Oh Jesus, I'm feeling old. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, you are. <laughs> so you know, just to see this and, and the fact that people are remembering this still for what it was. And it still has a following. People are still interested in Thundercats. Uh, you know, one of my favorite spoofs that I've seen running around Comic-Con, somebody has, there's a, a group of t-shirt manufacturers, and I want to say maybe this is Off-World Designs, but they have the Thundercats symbol on it, on a shirt. And underneath it, it says, Lolcats Ho. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just, it's perfect. You know, it's like, okay. So the fact that you see that running around, people still know who Thundercats are. You see that symbol and you know what it is. So uh, we'll go ahead and we'll finish off the episode here. Uh, what are your thoughts on this, Mike? I mean, really, overall? 
Overall, the, the the original series was amazing. 130 episodes. There were a lot of multi-parters within those 130 episodes. The voice acting was great. The animation was great. Um, I always wanted to live in Cat's lair. And the sad thing about Thundercats is I'm a dog person. I can't stand <laughs> real cats at all. I'm a dog person. But Thundercats in general, the the villains were great. The side, and we didn't even talk about the Burbles or, or Willa or any of those characters. Oh, no. But you know, um, it, it's just so so amazing, and awesome. Okay, one thing one thing I have to mention here. I have to get your opinion on this. Yes. With Chitara, uh-huh. which one? Which artwork did you like better, the 1985 or the 2011? I'm cheating. They're both hot. <laughs> They need to be in a relationship together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when I saw that, it was it was a disturbing thing because a friend of mine and I were watching this one night at uh, we were working at Cox and and he goes, "Damn!" He goes, "You know what? I, I think I'm gonna have to adjust my pants. That Chitara is actually kind of hot. That's disturbing to say." <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like, "Yeah, yeah, I, I kind of have to agree with you on that one." <laughs> But yeah, I, you know, I love the series. I'm glad that it's, I, I'm glad that they did remember it. So uh, we'll go ahead and, and, and like I said, we'll close out here. Mike, I know that you have a bunch of things coming up here for uh, GCRN. Uh, why don't you go ahead and tell everybody about what's going on with that? Well, we've got uh, this coming week, we've got, um, when, when are you putting this episode up? Are you putting it up pretty much? Almost as soon as possible. Yeah, or... it'll probably go up today. Okay. Um, all right. So coming up the week of June 8th, 2014, we've got a brand new interview with Shot Factory DVD producer Brian Ward talking about Transformers Animated. Uh, we've got uh, Tales of uh, Powers of Grayskull, Tales of Attorney, episode 24, Legends of the Dark Knight, episode 31, uh, All Things Transformers, episode 39, where we talk about Transformers Robots in Disguise in the Unicron Trilogy. We've got uh, The Pullback has got uh, TMNT New Animated Adventures number issues 8 through 11 coming out. Pixels in the Animation, the final episode reviews of Captain and the Game Master. Um, we've got uh, MWire Weekly that comes out every Monday or so. We've got Talking in Circles comes out every Tuesday or so. Um... Altered Geek will be all new this coming Friday, so we've got a bunch of stuff coming up. All right. Well, folks, I want to thank you all for listening to Talking About My Generation. Uh, Please feel free to leave us feedback on iTunes. Uh, Even if you're in the U.K., if you're in Canada, whatever, go go and find us. Leave us feedback. I have found a way to go and look to see who's got feedback from those areas. So, yeah, if you, you have to change your country code, and that's just stupid. I know, I know, but I will gladly read it out if you guys do give us feedback. So please do. Uh, you can send us an email at mygenerationpodcast at gmail If you want to go to visit us on our website and leave us comments there, you can go to mygenerationpodcast dot com and, and drop us a line. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, I am still giving away the Batman action figure here from uh, from Comic-Con back in 2004. Uh, I'm still trying to get to 100 likes here, so, you know, keep going. We're at 62 right now. Uh, let's keep pushing forward. I'll, if you guys like it, tell your friends. Somebody else likes it. We'll build from there, and, you know, I'll read your name out. Uh, 
we'll go ahead and we'll close this episode off. I, I think what I'm probably going to end up doing is playing both the 85 and 2011 theme songs for this. You, you've got to snap out of it, Lion-O! Called the Thundercats before! Shut up, you fuck! I should have known the Terrator didn't mean us any harm when the Sword of Omens didn't obey me. And anyway, it was just plain stupid to assume it might be bad. Just what the fuck am I talking about? Let's find the Mega Condenser. I'm saying that too fast. Let's find the Mega Condenser. Still going too fast. What's wrong, Lion O? <laughs> fuck, here it is again. What? What's here again? That thing, that, that mega thing. Want me to say it? Yes! And keep your foot off that blasted Sommel flange. What the fuck is a Sommel flange? I have to do that again. Motherfucker! Yes, fucking God, yes! Shut the fuck up! Get over here, bitch. Ah! Damn! Run out the fucking plate, boys! Come here, motherfucker. You've got to get back to the lair, Panthro, before those mutants do something drastic. I want to see your tits, my dear. <laughs> Can't hold on to it any longer. Can't stand it. Going to pass off. <laughs>